from inside Memorial Stadium in the Huskers Radio Network studio. It's time for the Sideline Scoop with our Husker great NFL vet, Big Red Analyst, Jeremiah Searles. Here's your host, Jessica Cootie. Welcome back to another edition of the Sideline Scoop with Searles. I'm Jessica Cootie with Jeremiah Searles, and we got a W, 52-7 mm. to over Fordham, took care of business as we talked about, you know, minus maybe the opening drive, did what they needed to do, which what you talked about last week. Yeah, they came out and they did exactly what we expected them to do minus the first eight minutes. And for me, if you're going to talk about one negative takeaway from this game, because there's a lot of positives and we'll dive into that, but the one thing that I want the Huskers to do better is start fast. So much of how you start a game is how you can dictate the tempo of the game. We saw it against Illinois. We fell behind and then we're playing catch up and they're playing ball control, control the clock. We need to be able to make sure that we start fast because sometimes other teams are going to start fast. So you got to match that kind of initial surge, and then you can start to pull away. But I'd like to see the Huskers start a little faster at the beginning of the game. We knew that Nebraska was going to, you know, outmatch them talent-wise and and whatnot. But to get a win, you know, coming off the heartbreaking loss against Illinois, I mean, it, it's massive for the confidence moving forward right yeah absolutely I mean so much of football is momentum and so much of football is confidence and just how you handle winning and I think for this team especially they don't have a lot of statement wins like we had I mean you don't go out and hang 50 and then go back and not feel good about yourself it's really easy to understand hey this is how it's supposed to feel and the, the high of winning is something you want to continue to chase and it doesn't matter if you're beating Ohio State or Michigan or Fordham or I mean whoever winning is such a great feeling and it's just something that you continue you want to chase as a player. Well let's uh, start with the running backs uh, because we said going into it it was going to be a big question it was the biggest question going into the season opener or one of and it was a big question last week. Marky Steph really got to think he emerged as the guy on Saturday, right? I would think so. I would think that if we're going to be a starter, it's going to be Marky Steph just because of the way he runs, the vision that he has, his ability to fall forward is something that I really like from him. A lot of times running backs will fall sideways or maybe even backwards, but when he gets hit, excuse me, when he gets hit, he falls forward for two or makes three. And then the other guy, too, I thought Savion Morrison played fairly well, too, at that back. Again, he didn't have a ton of holes that were open for step, but I thought he ran physical as well. So it's good to see those guys starting to emerge a little bit. But if you had to pick one, I think it'd have to be step. So with, with Marky Step, he missed all of spring. And, mm -hmm. you know, I, I've, we've talked about this on Sports Nightly some about just, you know, it takes you can be in conditioning shape and you can run and you can be in good shape but it's it's different to be in game shape and got to think that Marquise is still not even at getting to where his best is he's going to keep trending upwards you you would think yeah it's impossible to replicate football shape in any way besides just playing football which is why you see a lot of guys especially I mean in the NFL even that don't play a lot in preseason it takes them a couple games to get going it's same here if if you're not out the gate in training camp and spring ball and callousing your body ready to go into a, a full season, it can be hard and you can be behind the eight ball a little bit. I think Marquis Step had missing the spring, got some really good reps in the fall. You're starting to see him emerge because he understands how long this season is and he understands the buildup to it's really hard to be at 100% at week one and try and keep that. It's one thing to build, hey, 85, 90, 95, hitting your stride at full 100% at about week three or week four, and then maintaining that for eight weeks versus 12 weeks. And he understands that because he's done it, versus guys like Gabe and um, uh, Morrison are really guys that it's kind of like, 
they're learning about how their bodies react, how each every week you have to recover because it means more physical. And so I think that gives him the slight edge, even though I am really excited about those two young guys in the future of the running back position as well. But the right now here, it's got to be step. When we were doing the uh, Facebook Live pregame show, you got word that Olive Martin would be out and mm-hmm. you really liked what you saw out of him against Illinois. So I said, boy, it could be a breakout day for Samori Toure, and, and it was. He still has yet to have a receiving touchdown. I think that comes this week. But, um, you know, 170 all-purpose yards, 130 receiving yards. So now you've got back-to-back weeks to open up the season that you've got two different 100-yard receivers what does that do for an offense? Oh, it's huge. You start making the defense not be able to just key in on one guy. I mean, so many times for the last couple of years here, it's been like, all right, take away Wandell Robinson. All right, take away J.D. Spielman. All right, take away Mark East Washington. And if you take those away, it's like make someone else beat us. We finally are at a point in our offense that – we have multiple guys that can beat you, which then makes the defense not be able to just hone in, but also makes them have to back off a little bit, which then can open the run game. If they're so keyed in on stopping the run because we don't have a receiving threat, really hard on offense. Now it's like, hey, we might have to have this safety help over Toure over here, which could leave Oliver Martin. It could leave Omar Manning. It could leave Austin Allen. It could leave Travis Volkolek when he There's a lot more for us to do here, which then allows Frost to open some things up a little bit. And it's just really good to see Nebraska have that kind of depth at the skill position that we haven't had in a long time. The offensive line, did you feel like they took a step forward on Saturday? Yeah, they did. And the big thing was, I think that physically they just beat that team up. There was at times the beginning where, again, we talked about that initial emotional surge that Fordham had. I mean, this was the biggest crowd that these kids were ever going to play in front of, that <laughs> yeah. this, they've ever been a part of. So they had a lot of emotions, too, and they came out with their hair on fire. We withstood that a little bit, and then eventually we just leaned on them and leaned on them and leaned on them, and they just couldn't hold up anymore, which is the way it should be when you're playing a team like Fordham. And so I thought that that's really good for them, their confidence. Now there are still a lot of things they can clean up-wise, technique-wise, but again, young players playing together for the first time. Turner's still kind of getting back. Another guy that missed some time in training camp that was able to come back now, and he's got two games under his belt, so he's still reaching his physical peak too. So a lot of good things coming there. The biggest thing was they were able to run the ball for 300-plus yards, and you can't do that with a not good offensive line play. Yeah, I think there's – people panicking maybe a little bit jumping to a little bit conclusions a little too early about this offensive line and and again that's another topic that's been talked a lot about this week on sports nightly you have to remember that you know with an offensive line it just takes time to start clicking and to get to that point be patient with these guys right that that has got to be your message yeah it's got to be patience because during training camp when you're a young player you see the same defense every single day you row into the same guys every single day now it's a complete change in your preparation of you're preparing for new defenses, new type of players. You're not playing against, hey, I'm not playing against Ben Stilley this week. I'm playing against a smaller 265-pound guy that's got some more wiggle than Ben. Or I'm not playing against Caleb Tanner, who's a fast, long guy. I'm playing against a shorter, stockier guy. So it changes your preparation. And as I say, again, young guys learning how to prepare for college playing. And so I think that the the jump they took from week one to week two, again, take a big jump from week two to week three and start hitting your stride as we go through. Because we really haven't seen a lot of rotation besides Banks getting in there a little bit. As far as you can tell, Greg Austin's kind of found his guys, kind of found the five that he wants to work together. 
But what's great is even if those five something happens, I think Banks having the experience through these games has been big. I think Brock Bando's another guy that could come in and provide some relief. You've got, I mean, Trent Hickson, who started all 12 games in 2019 or 18, I believe, played really well when he came at center. So he's got the depth built there too. So that if maybe a guy is struggling, he feels that like he could plug some guys in, which is really important too. So what's the step for, for those guys that the offensive line this week? I think this week, the more I've studied Buffalo and I've watched their tape, they're very, I, I hate to say this, they might surprise, but they're vanilla. They line up in four down front. They got to like set their three technique into the strength each time. They're an over team. And so I think this is the first week that Nebraska's had going into week three where you have tape that you can identify tendencies, you can identify how they want to play things and truly game plan against them that I don't think we're going to be trying to reinstall game plans on the sideline like we had to do a couple times these last two weeks that the week of preparation should be really good and they should be able to just go out there, cut it loose, play free, play fast, play physical and I want to see a lot of movement off the ball because these are this is a team that can get double teamed to get moved off the ball. Okay, let's talk defense. What kind of... Um out to you about the Huskers defense the black shirts how they performed coming off a pretty solid week in week one yeah I mean the takeaways was the biggest thing I mean you, you take the ball away to a couple times it's and really put your offense in good field position and we need more takeaways that's something that we've been lacking in here for a few years and we need to be able to get the ball back and they so, seem to come in bunches though they once do you, I mean, once you get they, one or two or when three when it rains it pours type uh -huh. of thing and so that was good to see the one thing still is our pass rush I think that if I'm looking at the Husker defense right now, we need to find ways to have our front get to the quarterback. Granted, Fordham did a really nice job of getting the ball out of his hand quick because they knew they couldn't hold up in pass protection at times. But I'd like to see a guy, and I think getting Casey Rogers back would be a big help too. I don't know if he'll be back this week. Hopefully he's back for Oklahoma. But I'd like to see some young guys get after it. But overall, really solid performance. When you hold a team to seven points, that's really good. And you block a field goal. And you, you really just kind of shove it up their tailpipes in the second half. And then your backups come in and do the same thing, which was really good. And we got to see some young guys emerge. I thought Jordan Riley played really well up front when he came in at the backup nose guard position. And I thought we just saw some um, uh, Clark, Braxton Clark came in when Cam Taylor went out. And I thought he played really well. So it was good to see some depth guys, depth pieces. And, and it's really showed me that the depth on this defense is deep and that's really good how about jojo doman his first career interception that's all his the first, plays that's his first career pick yeah all the plays that he's made that huh. was his first career interception with the huskers he's kind of your silent night kind of silent hero he's just kind of out there he makes plays when he needs to but he kind of keeps everyone in line too i mean he had a quiet game against illinois but it's because they ran away from him majority of the time mm -hmm. but i think he's a guy that as the year continues to go on and progress he's a guy that's continue to make more plays continue to be around the ball and you'll see i think we'll see some more takeaways from jojo doman this year okay buffalo offense what what kind of stands out to you watching their film yeah so the buffalo offense i mean they're gonna want to absolutely they want to lean on their running back their running backs an nfl caliber type guy he's really going to be able to Kevin Marks he played last year and really splashed but with some of the departure of his O-line from uh, 20, uh, 2020 he didn't have quite the showing that I thought he would have against Wagner but he's gonna be a guy they're gonna hand the ball to 20 times so we're gonna really have to stop them 
against the run. And then we really, this this quarterback puts the ball up for grabs a little bit, in my opinion, when we were watching him there. I mean, I think it's Van Treese is how you say his last name. Kyle Van Treese. He floats it a little bit, but he's also, he hasn't been sacked in like 15 games or something crazy like that as I was doing some studying up here. So we need to get to his feet. We need to get to him. We need to get to him early. And as much as I said we didn't do Fordham, I'd like to see us maybe scheme up a couple ways to get to him. You saw Quentin Newsom had the sack last week on the corner blitz. Maybe we might have to scheme a way to get to him, but I think we need to make him a little nervous in the pocket and not let him feel real comfortable back there. Now, we, you and I both have talked a lot about taking it one week at a time and you can't look ahead, but obviously a huge matchup coming up next week in Norman, Oklahoma. I think this team has approached this week how they needed to, what they should have been, how they've been preaching all, all season, one week at a time. I have loved the approach and, and the messaging that I've heard from these guys leading up to, to Saturday. Yeah, and, and that comes from the head man down. I think the head man's got this team. Coach Frost has got this team in the right state of mind and how they need to approach. And I heard multiple guys say it. And when you hear multiple guys say the same thing, that means their head coach is saying it. It's just another nameless, faceless opponent. Yeah, right? that's Shenander's been saying that. Right, and so you you know when, when your guys and your players are repeating the same stuff to coaches, everyone's really bought into that. Mm-hmm. And so that's really good to see is they're not overlooking anyone. They understand that anyone can I mean this day of college football, you can't. I mean, look at the Grizz took down Washington last week, right? I mean, it's just, it's different. You've got to be ready to play each and every week. And this is a Buffalo team coming in here that had a lot of really good things go for them in the last couple of years. I mean, I know their coach left and went to Kansas, but there's a lot of winning guys that understand what winning feels like on that team. And so they're going to be preaching that is their leadership there. So I think the approach that the Huskers have this week is really good. I'd like to see them go out there and, again, physically beat up on this team because, as you look, we should be the bigger, more physical team, Big Ten team, obviously. So I'd be looking for more of a physical approach to this week versus more of a technical scheme approach. Now, all that being said, again, inside you know, the, the football building, the locker room, it is all on Buffalo. But we can. We are allowed <laughs> to talk about Oklahoma because you aren't going to be here next week. I will not. You're going to be uh, hunting with your yep. dad. Yep. So we will not have a sideline scoop next week. So I, I, I got to get your take on this one. Now, again, got to see Oklahoma. They've had one game under their belt. Did not look great. Tulane came and gave them a fight. But, you know, how right now, the Thursday before um, game two for Oklahoma and game three for Nebraska. How are you looking at this matchup? Yeah, so as I look at Oklahoma, the biggest thing for me was they almost looked disinterested in that game in the second half. And they kind of came out and you could tell guys were just like upset that they had to keep playing. And that's not what you do as a number two team in the country. I think Oklahoma will bounce back. They have a pretty good tune-up game this week of going out there and beating up on someone and kind of getting their swagger back. But also hearing Spencer Rattler say that was the most physical team he's ever played against, he might be in for a rude awakening when the Huskers, because if one thing we are, we are physical, and especially on defense. And you came from the Big 12. I played in the Big 12. The Big 12 is not known for its physicality. And so I think as I look in that game, I'm looking for the, the Huskers to come in there and be like, all right, you want to see physical? We'll show you physical. And I can even also, almost anticipate Coach Frost kind of taking a page out of uh, Brett Bielma's playbook and like, hey, no tempo. We're going to control this game. We're going to control because the last thing you want to do is get into a shootout with a Big 12 team. I've been in plenty of them. I played in it for two years. And I think Oklahoma State in 2010 or whatever it was, we ended up winning like 55 53 or and like they can't be this type of game we're not built like that anymore but i i want to see us control the tempo and honestly if we go out there and we play a clean football game 
and say we lose because Oklahoma was the better football team that day, I'm okay with that. But anything can happen in college football. And I really think that if the Huskers come out and play clean after getting hopefully a win against Buffalo this week, some more confidence, I can see us giving them a game. And as long as we don't get in our own way, I don't think physically they're going to beat us up. So there's his take. Uh, obviously, we'll be able to get it, uh, get more from Jeremiah after that Oklahoma-Nebraska game. Okay, uh, we close it out. Player to watch for Nebraska-Buffalo offense defense. Yeah, so offensively, I would love to watch Marquis step again. Can he continue to emerge of being the number one back? I, again, we don't know if he's the number one back, but in my mind, he is. So I'd like to see him continue to pull away from the field there and really solidify himself as our bell cow as we go into Oklahoma and into Big Ten play with Michigan State flip it on the other side and you go to defense the guy I want to see kind of take a big step this week is Garrett Nelson he's a guy that has consistently been there he's been had some TFLs against um, Illinois he kind of had some splash plays last week but I want to see him take the next step this week and go out there and have a couple sacks or maybe some more TFLs in the run game and be be the black shirt leader that this staff wants him to be. I mean, he's a homegrown kid. He, I, mean, I remember him telling me he used to fall asleep to like the 95 Husker games on his TV, <laughs> right? So this dude loves the Huskers. I'd like to see him take a big step this week and be a player to watch. I forgot to, I got to ask you, the heat is definitely going to be a factor Stop this one. reminding I'm me. sorry. I'm you be better hydrate. Hydrate. I'm going to be getting some cold towels. Like this might be one, this is going to be an Illinois type game where it might be a war of attrition towards the end. I mean, it might be closer than we want it to be and it might might come down to the end of whose conditioning and whose physical preparation has done the best job to make sure you can go the four quarter battle but again it's going to be I think 100 degrees around kickoff which is not awesome but I think it's going to be one of those things that you're going to lean on your offensive line and your defensive line to just kind of continue to lean on these boys and wear them out early so that you can physically take them over once things get hot I'm pretty sure you said it last week during the Facebook live stream how nice it was last Saturday just wait till next week we'll be paying for it and I think we were going to be paying for yeah. it I mean, the football gods shined down on us and we're like, here's your beautiful opener. All your fans will come back. It'll be 60 degrees, beautiful. And now it's like, burn. Like, you burn. <laughs> it's just going to be so hot, but it's going to be great. And I mean, we, it was talked about a lot this week, but how great was to have fans back last oh, week? I mean, it was, it was just so good to see Husker Nation back in full force. And I, I mean, I saw we're sold out again. So I anticipate nothing else compared to, if anything, maybe a little more rowdy because it'll be longer for guys to drink the old bush lattes before the tailgate. So <laughs> I'm excited to get back in the stadium with you again so my parents came for the first time I gotta I gotta tell the story they their favorite part or one of their favorite parts was the wave I mean they love the tunnel walk but how everybody gets in the wave and then it's fast and it's slow and like how everyone is all in on it yep oh yeah we're big wave people here we're, we're big <laughs> big wave people when we're blowing out opponents I've seen it multiple times but yeah the fast slow wave is one of my favorite things that Memorial Stadium does they were loving it all right so we'll do it again uh, coming up on Saturday again Facebook live 90 minutes out starting at 1 o'clock on uh, Facebook Live on the Huskers Facebook account, and we'll take you all the way up through warm-ups, and you can see the, the band's performance and the tunnel walk right there. All right, another uh, sideline scoop in the books. For Jeremiah Searles, I'm Jessica Cootie. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe and like wherever you listen.